1: Hello and welcome to Difficult Conversations. We're going to spend the next few minutes going over some pointers on how to deal with difficult conversations and what they are and how to make you better at having them. So stick around and look forward to chatting about them soon.
0: A Kangaroo Fern Production.
1: Hi, my name is Paul from Personal Best and we're today going to talk about difficult conversations. So this is something I get asked a lot about in my business, and the first thing I thought I'd start with is, what actually is a difficult conversation? Most people I work with tell me that they would define a difficult conversation simply as a conversation they don't want to have. In a business context, what that normally means is a conversation that you have with someone where you perhaps feel they're not gonna react well to the information that you're going to deliver to them. So maybe you're working with someone and you have to give them some performance feedback that you think they might not like or might not react well to. Or maybe you wanna talk to your boss about asking for a pay rise. Or possibly even it's a peer who might have a behavior or a habit in the workplace that you'd, you'd like to confront them about because it's annoying you but you don't know how to do it and you don't want to ruin the relationship. So there's all kinds of difficult conversations that we can have in our business lives. So I, th- I thought I'd pull out five things that I found really, really work well in my experience and in my business. And yeah, there's a lot more to it, but we'll just skim the surface and hopefully it'll give you some ideas and, and some strategies on how to deal with them. The first one is to prepare. So if you ever need to have a, an important or difficult conversation with someone, preparation is really important. And what I mean by preparation is think about all the potential ways the conversation could go. So for example, it might go really well, it might go really badly, it might be somewhere in between. Something I've learned over the years is it's very hard to predict how people are going to react when you confront them with something unusual or unexpected or again, something they might not want to hear.
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking
1: the subscribe button now. So the way you prepare is to firstly think about all those possible outcomes and then think about okay, what would I say if you know if they were to be happy or sad or somewhere in between or angry or ask questions? How will I react to that? And the more of those scenarios you can run through in your head, the better you're going to be when it comes to dealing with the answers. Preparation will really make you feel more comfortable. Part of that is also practicing, and there's nothing wrong with practicing a conversation with uh, you know someone that you trust as, as a role play situation. Or you can practice in front of the mirror. I used to do a lot of driving in one of my old jobs and I would actually drive along and and sort of practice how I would say and and what I would say to people. And it just makes you more calm, makes you more confident and makes you more relaxed. And the more you've done the work, the better you feel going into the conversation. It doesn't make it any easier as such. These conversations can be quite often emotionally and psychologically challenging, but what it does do is it makes you feel like you can handle it. And the, the more often, the more you practice it, the better you'll be. The second thing I'd say around challenging conversations is I often work on the theory that less is more. So less is more. We often, when we're having a a chat, we tend to wanna fill all the space with words. And we've often heard the expression, what's an awkward silence? So silences are only awkward because we feel awkward about them. There's nothing wrong with a bit of silence in a conversation. Now I'll give you an example. If you were to talk to me and hit me with a piece of information I wasn't expecting or wasn't sure how to react to or maybe it was upsetting to me, I might need a few seconds to process that because I'm not sure how to react myself. Now if you were to then talk over the top of my processing time by adding more and more information, you're doing two things. One, you're denying me the opportunity to think about the information and what I want to respond with. And two, all those extra words I'm probably not listening to because I'm, I'm trying to deal with the information that you gave me in the first place. So less is more, really, really important. Say what you have to say, keep it succinct and clear, and let the other person respond, give them the respective time to respond and give their thoughts around what you're saying.
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show.
1: My third point out of five is it's really important to avoid debate and argument. So if you're having a conversation with someone, you don't want it to turn into a slanging match or a, a he said, she said, or degenerate into a, a three hour long conversation debating the most minute points. You really want it, what you're trying to do in your conversation, I assume, is get your message across and have that understood and then work on you know what needs to change off the back of that information, if anything at all. Sometimes nothing needs to change, it's just a case of you want the message to be heard and understood. If you get dragged into an argument about this and that and the other thing, it's going to take you away from your message and it's going to upset both parties. It's very hard to get into a debate or an argument without becoming emotionally attached, which can mean we we potentially raise our voices, maybe say things we don't want to say. Words come out that if we'd had our time to think about it, we wouldn't have used. So those things are very important to bear in mind when it comes to debating. Debating is is not helpful. I have a saying I use all the time when I teach this, which is, it's impossible to have an argument when only one of the parties wants to argue. No one will argue with you if you refuse to argue with them. Now, there are techniques and strategies to avoid getting drawn into an argument, but where you can, it's really important to stay away from controversial, upsetting, and emotional topics, which now brings me into my next point about difficult conversations which is to stick with the facts only so my fourth point out of five for difficult conversations facts only if you say to someone you've got a bad attitude to me that's not useful at all you can't see someone's attitude but you can see what they do so if there's a behavior they're exhibiting and and you want to stop it or you would like to ask them to do something different Don't say they've got a bad attitude or they don't want to be here or they seem to hate things, because these are things you don't know. All we can deal with is what you see. If you start to talk about someone's attitude or their beliefs or their values, it can be viewed as a personal attack, and that's the sort of thing that will lead you into a debate. Or if you stick to what you've seen, observed, measured, heard, things that you know are true because you've seen them, the conversation's a lot more likely to go well. Facts, evidence, data, will always make a difficult conversation go better because you're not attacking someone's character, their personality, their perceived approach to what they're doing. You're attacking a specific observable fact. The last thing is not to soften the message. And what I mean by softening the message, I often see people go into difficult or challenging conversations and the way they'll phrase their wording is they'll put a lot of extra words around it to soften the blow, or that they think they're softening the blow. So instead of saying, I'd really appreciate it if you came into work on time every day, they'll say something like, if it's okay, would it be alright if you came to work on time every day, you know, it'd be, it'd be fantastic, I'd really appreciate it. And what that's doing, we're softening the actual message. The covert message we're sending by putting all these extra softening words around is that we're not really serious about the... Thing it is that we want to talk about and what it can also do is it can make the message clarity less it won't come across quite as well so the person listening will hear all the other words but they won't really clearly hear what it is that you're trying to ask them so it's very important that whatever it is you you, you want to talk about in a in this sort of context it's clear it's not rude it's not blunt but it's not surrounded by a lot of softening words that lessen the impact of the message and what it is that you wanna say. So, to summarize my five points around difficult conversations, the first one, prepare. Make sure you're really well prepared for that conversation. The second one, less is more. Don't overtalk. let the other person think, respond, take their time. The third one, do not get dragged into a debate or an argument, because my experience is there's generally no winners from debates or arguments. My fourth one, stick to the facts. Facts, data, observable behaviors, really, really important. And my fifth and final one for today is don't soften your message. Keep it clear, keep it succinct, don't be blunt, but don't take away from what it is you're trying to say. Thank you very much, I hope you've enjoyed our five points on difficult conversations and thanks for watching, hope to chat to you soon.